Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. I realize it's not like this for everyone right now, but let me just say that money is top of mind at the moment. We're one of those families who've been hit hard over the course of this last year. We are not pandemic proof. We've lost 50% of our income. Ouch. And I'm so grateful for my work, but oh my goodness, does it bring about some feelings in how I consider my finances. Over the course of my life, money has ebbed and flowed. At times there was more, and other times a heck of a lot less. As a kid, my family did the best they could with what they had, and looking back it felt full. But oh my goodness, compared to what my kids have access to now, we are living a very different life. If you're anything like me, I'm always curious about why. Why did I spend like that? Why do I feel I need that thing? Why is my desire to save so strong? As I get older, I'm now looking ahead and thinking about how I want to live my life, how I want to support my family, and how can I make what I have work in the best possible way for me? Anyone else on this train at the moment? Also, as a woman, it's so empowering to be in control of your finances, whether you're in a relationship or not. Understanding your money, making it work for you, and working with the tools you have is totally badass. I am here for it. My guest today is Martha Adams. After a successful 15-year career building her independent wealth management practice in Guelph, Ontario, Martha Adams has taken her experience out of the boardroom in order to share her proven wealth-building techniques with the world. Martha is a certified financial planner, financial educator, international best-selling author, and speaker. As the author of Cleopatra's Riches, How to Earn, Grow, and Enjoy Your Money to Enrich Your Life, and international keynote and motivational speaker, Martha is spreading the message of a positive financial conversation and true financial empowerment by combining self-development techniques with real financial knowledge. Earlier this year, I read her book, Cleopatra's Riches, and it surprised me. It wasn't a do this and do that and use this precise mathematical formula. And if you do exactly as I say and do, you too will lead your very best life. No, it was about understanding your why, your story and your relationship to money. Basically, it's step one in changing the conversation about money and exactly what so many of us need right now in these strange times. Welcome to the podcast, Martha. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I had actually been wanting to have you on for a while, but I wanted to make sure that I actually read the book in its entirety. And it was great. It was a wonderful read. Congratulations. 
That means so much. That's incredibly humbling. The fact that you welcomed this conversation and you welcomed me to share it with you, that is so humbling and meaningful. And it's something I don't take lightly. So thank you. Well, before we even get into the the you know the guts of this conversation, I hope you could tell my audience a little bit more about you. So by title, I am a certified financial planning professional and financial educator. Now, right away, that's probably going to have you feel like I'm going to do a lot of talking at you. And that's exactly the sentiment that I want to change. I want to bring positive change to this conversation. And the way that I do that is to focus on humanizing the financial conversation. And by doing that, welcome a renewed definition of financial empowerment that belongs to each of us as individuals. So that's what I hope to do by having a real real conversation around, around money that belongs to you, that elevates you. I have to admit, I think I was a little nervous to read the book because I thought I got to be in the right frame of mind, right? To like (laughs) get into the finances conversation because I have started and stopped a few books in my time. And I think I was like mid lockdown, one of them, one of the many, and I picked it up and it actually surprised me how like the direction that you took with your book, because it was so much like, it was so empowering by the end of it. I'm pretty sure I emailed my financial planner with like things I wanted to do right? Rather than feeling like I needed him to give me all the information, honestly. So it worked. Well done. Viewers can't see, but I'm doing a happy dance. That makes me so happy. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. When we say, when I say talking with, not at, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a difference and it, it belongs to you. When you are a part of the conversation, not just part of the conversation, central, essential to the conversation, right? Now it actually becomes a dialogue, not a monologue. And that's what finances should really be about. Something that allows you to see yourself to become more of yourself in the way that you want. Why is there so, why is it so difficult to talk about our finances? Like, what is that? Yeah, that's a, you know, it really comes down to us not having the opportunity yet to see our perspective, to see ourselves. The financial conversation, so we've already established, is more of a monologue versus a dialogue. And we, to date, have not been a welcomed part of that conversation. So if I ask you, are you comfortable pre-reading the book? Because Mm -hmm. you shared about that. So pre-reading the book, were you comfortable asking your advisor questions? No. And let's just say that one day you built up the courage and you asked a question and your advisor answered it. Would you feel comfortable, even after you built up the courage to ask that question, would you feel comfortable asking for clarification after you ask the question? (laughs) Probably not. And that's exactly it, because we haven't felt like we are a welcome part. We have to go to the expert. The financial conversation has been for some people. 
not for everyone. And we've got to go to the some that understand it. What I believe is that the financial conversation is for everyone because look at anything in your life and money will be there. Finances will be there. It is a part of your life. You are a part of your life and therefore you are central to the financial conversation. So when we welcome ourselves and our emotions into the conversation, now it becomes, now the whole feeling changes. Now it becomes the most accessible, approachable, and applicable dialogue that there is. Why? Because it starts with the way you feel, continues with the way you feel, and then it belongs to you. It it feels like there's there can be a lot of negativity wrapped up in how we feel about money. And then there's like always feeling late, like you should have been doing more for longer, but then you didn't know about it because nobody taught you about it in school, unless you were one of those kids that went like the financial route, you know? Um, So like you never knew about it. And then you're too busy trying to make money to learn about the money. And then when you finally do talk to someone, you're like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Cause I have no idea. And you're like terrified deer in headlights kind of thing. And then it still feels messy. And then you're supposed to be able to talk to your partner about all of that. So one of the things that I found really interesting, and I hope we can dive into it a little bit is like the part where we go back to our relationship to growing up, like Talk to me a little bit about that, that our start and exposure to our relationship with money. So relationship is really about the way that we feel and how that developed over time. So really connecting to our own story. So Amanda, if I say to you, if I ask you, share with me about your upbringing around money. And let's pretend you didn't read the book. Right. So if I ask you about that, what's something that you would say? There was never enough. Mm, There was never enough. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's, first of all, incredibly brave and selfless that you share that. And so I, I really want to pause to acknowledge that. Because what you're doing there is opening a really meaningful line of communication that I I really hope that everyone sharing their time with us listening connects to, because that's something that so many of us heard in one way or another. And it doesn't have to even be material wealth. It can be, there's not enough information out there. There's not enough resources. There's not enough, right? There's Mm -hmm. not enough knowledge uh, to go around, to, to, to be shared. The next thing is that often is, you know, more factual statements, right. That, that we'll hear. So we mm-hmm. could say, you know, Hey, where did that come from? And we could hear something like, Hey, I grew up with a single mom who worked two jobs to barely and barely made ends meet. So there was never enough. Right. So I'm just going to give an example. Now, what happened there? We focused on the facts, right? Mm -hmm. Which is often what we do right from the start, right from the get go in our story. We're going to focus on the facts. My question is where are you in that story? Where's your perspective? How did that feel for you? How are you seeing that in your life today? 
So right there, right from the start, that is evidence that we've lost ourselves in our story, that we haven't had the opportunity yet to connect to our own perspective. You know, as I was reading that part, it felt like a very like aha moment because each of us having our own story. And I've been with my partner for 17 years this year. And we have gotten better over time with how we talk to each other and about money because it's not always mm-hmm. been easy because, you know, I didn't get it though. But I was like, mm-hmm. oh, right. I came from this, I think the term is scarcity type of mm-hmm. upbringing. And he had a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And the way we spend money is so connected to that story. And it was like, oh, I see it now, you know? And it was like all of these layers that are playing into it. And the nice thing about any, I think, I, I and again, I coming back to like, I didn't expect it to be so like emotional intelligence around finances. I was like, oh, this is my jam. Like I, <laughs> I was into it. Um, but it was, you know, as you, as you, as you call something out, as you name it, it helps you better understand it and work through it or work with it. Right. And I was like, Mm. okay, so that's where I'm coming from. That's why my initial reaction is always like, no halt. (laughs) Like, There's not enough, you know, Mm. um, where the other one is like, no, it'll come, you know, it's fine. So it's just really interesting how that plays in. And I feel like if more people came into relationships with that, first of all, awareness of how their finances play into their decision-making, then they can come to the table and have better empathy for the other person, right? A hundred percent right. This is where when we see ourselves as an individual, we can not only understand ourselves more, when we understand ourselves, we have empathy for ourselves right? And where our views and beliefs came from, we can connect to our partner better. We can hear them better. Why? Because we started hearing ourselves. And when we're better at communicating within ourselves, we'll be better at communicating with our partner. And so then now what do we have? We have the conversation that was one riddled with, yeah, you said it, riddled with negativity, and conflict. And now we have something that can be the thing that brings us closer together. Imagine that. I feel like I want to jump to this part of it, how we cultivate confidence, but I have a little story um, from when... So there's a challenge, right? When you're in an age gap relationship, a significant one, like I am, my partner's 15 years older than me. So when we got together, I mean, I was very... Very. I mean, I don't even know how that worked out, to be honest, looking back on it. Like I had zero dollars most of the time, right? I'm in my early 20s or I was 20. And so my partner recognizing that like I wasn't at that point in my career yet. I, and I'm such a type A, want to be on the same page. Like I'm going to get there. You know, he he was really trying to encourage that confidence in myself and how I felt about money. And I remember when we were living overseas, I had quit a really great job and I had financial independence. And I was, you know, my own person when I was living in Canada. And then we moved abroad and all of a sudden... I was like asking for money. That was a strange conversation. And so in order to switch it, he just said, okay, you take control of the finances and 
that way we're all playing like he or he you know he's making the money and then I figure out how we disperse the money. Um, in hindsight, we should have probably done it a little better, but it was kind of fine when we go to restaurants and people would automatically go to my partner and be like, okay, here's the bill. And he says, no, no, my wife handles all the finances. Right. And it was very sweet, but it was one of just, just a small thing to help create less negativity about the way that the money was coming into the family unit and how we contribute as partners. And I think that for many listening, especially right now, you know, finances are top of mind. A lot of people are out of work. I mean, even on our household, the irony that the woman who's doing the YouTube is, you know, supporting the family now. It's it's wild times. And I think that like having this great foundation about how we look at money and how we talk about money just helps in that one area of life, which can be super stressful in the best of times. Mm-hmm. And then you add in these wild times. So I guess, you know, how does a person cultivate this confidence? You know, you talk about learning about your story. What do you do with that once you figure out your story? Like, how does that impact how you think about it? When you learn about your story, now you know what you're choosing from. So the first thing about confidence we covered a little earlier, which was feeling welcome in the conversation in the first place, right? To be a part of the conversation, you've got to feel welcomed in the conversation. And that's where we talked about the conversation being accessible, being approachable, and being applicable to you as an individual. And that's all centered around the way that you feel, right? And then the next thing is, if we're going to welcome you, if we're going to welcome the way that you feel, We've got to understand where that came from. And that came through your story. Now, here's the thing. You address something that is incredibly significant, especially right now, which is what so many of us are dealing with when it comes to our finances and that financial stress, right? Now, at the center of what I believe isn't the numbers. It's not about the numbers. No matter where you are right now, your numbers do not define you. In this conversation, we have not spoken about specific investment statements, bank statements, right? Income, none of that, none of the numbers. Because none of that defines you. What we're focusing on is the essential. What we're focusing on is the most important asset you have, and that is you. When we talk about finances in a way that focuses on you and elevates you, everything else comes into play. Everything else will be what you want it to be. And that's what connecting to your money story is. Because now you know what you're choosing from. Now you're taking your power back. Now this story belongs to you. What is and what will be is yours. And what's past, you learn from with gratitude. As you keep your eyes, as you keep that gaze looking forward. That's what I believe your money story can do. 
Did you know we've released a shop where you can support Friendo? Check out HelloFriendo.com and explore. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-I-E-N-D-O.com and shop mugs, shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more. We're constantly adding new goodies for you. Your purchase directly supports the show and the work involved in creating it for your ears. So thank you. Check out HelloFriendo.com. All right, back to the show. You know, you talked about this model of earn, grow, and enjoy, which by the end of the book, I was like, we are just eliminating the other words, which now I've forgotten, to be honest. (laughs) So tell me about this, because it it really is like a, it's like you're shifting what you know, right? And kind of taking this whole idea of what you think you know about finances and kind of going, wait, we can look at it from a different perspective. So talk to me about this model that you've created. So when I talk about a positive financial conversation, I'm not talking about blind positivity here, mm-hmm. right? In order to be positive, we've got to address the negative, right? We address the negative and we, so we bring an awareness to it. We work through it and now you choose and who you're choosing is you, right? So we're going to bring an awareness to the negativity around money that has become such a norm in our dialogue without us having an awareness of it. So one thing is when I say the term make money, right? That sounds good. Doesn't it sound good? Sounds good. We have so many negative emotional associations with the term make money. So when I say it, we're taught to believe that, like in greater society, that that's a good idea. But the truth is that there's a lot of underlying negative emotions with the idea of make money. So trigger words are greed, work, hustle, right? All with negative connotation. It's like the idea of making something. I could make myself a cup of coffee and spill some. How do, I, how do you feel? You spilled some coffee. What, is it, what does it really mean to you, right? I mean, I might be bothered because I might have like stained my dress or something, which you know I do all the time, but... <laughs> It's just a, it's just a, 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 I guess I don't this is me confessing that I'm a mess when I, when I, you can't take me anywhere, but it's fine. But really at the end of the day, what am I going to do? The dress is going to go in the washing machine and I'm going to make myself another, another coffee, right? I just made it. I'll go make more, right? Where's the emotional significance? Then we continue with the next part of the cycle, which is spending money. But Amanda, that sounds good, right? Come on, spending money, that's fun, isn't it? Of course, yes. Right? How do we feel when the credit card bill arrives? Mm, It's not as fun. Right? So we have this idea of spending money that, oh, the instant gratification, that retail therapy, that's all positive. But is it? Buyer's remorse, right? Right? financial stress. And now 
I can get into a cycle where I'm spending it quicker than I'm making it. And now I'm stressed making it because I can't keep up with the spending it, right? So now what am I taught to do? Well, one thing that you said earlier could not be more true, which is we start the conversation feeling behind, mm-hmm. right? And and this is part of where the make-spend cycle comes into play. And it's also another piece of evidence that the financial conversation starts off in a depreciating place. And, and then the, the make-spend cycle is, is no accident, right? Right. So now what are we taught? To, to, we have a negative of make money. We have a negative of spend money. We're taught to do something to remedy that. This is the vitamin. This is what's going to fix it. Amanda, start saving money. Right. This is good for you. How do you feel about the word save? Like the, you know, the part where there's those underlying feelings, you know, like hustle was jumping out at me before you even said it. And I was like, it doesn't, that doesn't sound as good as, you know, we think it sounds because it's a lot of work. Right. And the same thing with save. It seems like now I can't spend because now I have to save. Right. It's like one or the other. Exactly. So here we are with savings being a depreciating idea to begin with. It's taking away from It's not adding to you. It's taking away. What are some other images that come up right away with the word save? So there's, you know, these icons that represent. So in in an image, it's to give you an idea of, of savings. One is obviously the piggy bank, right? Start stashing money away, start squirreling things away for an impending disaster. That's. I mean, that is, that's not very attractive. Doesn't sound it's true, great, right? Mm-hmm. Or an umbrella. I don't, rain is not like, listen, it's great for the grass, great for the trees. God bless. That's wonderful, right? I'm not attracted to rain. I don't want to go out there in the rain. I've got Egyptian hair. This is a, you know, <laughs> that's central just waiting to happen. I'm not interested, mm-hmm. but that's, the associations that we have with the idea of save, save yourself from what, (laughs) right? If it's something negative, that's not something that I want to approach. That's something that I want to avoid like the plague, right? So now we have all of these negatives and we wonder why we don't feel connected to the financial conversation, It's because of these underlying negatives that we haven't yet had the opportunity to bring an awareness to. But just because we haven't had the opportunity to bring an awareness to it doesn't mean it's too late. No matter where you are in your life, you have now. And it makes such a difference when you feel in control of a situation, like it's not just happening to you. And I love the terms that you've put that are the earn, grow, enjoy, because like you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, what that looks like, because this was, again, I was surprised there was like no real numbers that I was being kind of thrown at in this book, which truly surprised me, but it's true. It's like, what is it to you that's going to be good to enjoy, you know? And 
I know that my father-in-law has actually often said that to me. Like when you retire, it's like, what are you going to want to earn? Like to live this life that you like, not what everybody else wants to live. And I really love that mentality because that's going to look different for each person. And it allows you to then create your own story around the finances. That's that's exactly it. Because now we can shift when you're creating your own story. Now we're shifting from the idea of make money to earning it. That sounds much better. It's like I can sit back while it's happening. (laughs) Like it's amazing what we feel from like, I, you know, we all know that words have power and language has power, but it's amazing when you really break it down to something as simple as that, like making money, it seems like I've got, you know, I got a furrowed brow and I'm working hours around the clock where if I'm earning it, I'm out doing something else while it's coming in, you know, and that could be a possibility for some people and their choices of how they want their money story to look. And when you're understanding you, you connect to that fact. I just, I think it's such wonderful messaging. Um, And I know that we could continue to talk about all of these things, but I want (laughs) folks to go out and read your book because first of all, it's an easy read. I mean, I read it in like two nights or something. Um, It was wonderful. And I felt there was so many little takeaways that you apply to real life. And it's just just small ways that you think about things that you didn't even know you were thinking about in a negative way. And so I really appreciate that insight. Um, But I know that you've recently achieved a little milestone for yourself with the book. So where can people find your book? So um, it is uh, in Indigo. It is, so really it's in stores, um, on online and in physical locations now, uh, retail locations across Canada, the U S Europe, uh, in, in Asia and Australia, it is now worldwide, which is a a part of a a start of a start of the dream. I say, just getting started. I always say just getting started. Uh, it also, launched in Costco Canada and now has sold out of Costco Canada. And so we're, we're yeah, it's sold out. What? That's amazing. Yeah. Don't all cry. So, <laughs> it is. so I always say just getting started because I'm focused on normalizing this conversation for everyone who welcomes it into their heart. And so I, I want the financial conversation to be the most appreciating conversation of you there is. Um, Oh, I see what you did there. I like that. (laughs) And you know what? There is such a sense of calm that comes over you when you feel like that part of your life, which is a huge integral part of our lives. Everybody unless somehow you figured out how to like really grow money on trees, you have to figure out that side of your life because it leads and lends to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, from the heart, I was hesitant to even pick up the book because I felt like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just another area of my life I just don't know anything about. And I'm overwhelmed already with life. And then I don't know, it was in lockdown. So then it was on my bedside table. I was like, let's do this. She's so cute. <laughs> you got to see the cover. She's a total babe. And so I was reading it and I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. It was like that first step. So 
we will be watching and waiting for what happens next for you. But this is such an accomplishment. Now, um, people can also follow you on your Instagram, correct? If you are, if you're on Instagram, you can find me at Martha Adams Media. Really, in general, if you're searching whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, if you're looking for my site, it's Martha Adams Media. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You guys listening, you know where to find her. Go check her out. Go check out her new book if you can find it because apparently it's selling out. Um, (laughs) And thank you so much for being here. Hi, Dean. Hi. So, (laughs) took me off guard with a sexy voice. No, that's my... Talk about money voice. Ah, must get serious voice. Yeah, get serious. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Well, that was an interesting podcast. It's, it's money is always one of those things that like I always want to know more about, but then I don't really ever want to talk about with somebody because I don't know enough about it. Right. That's, everybody feels like that. You're like, if you watch enough TikTok, you're, you realize that some guy that's like, 16 years old can pretty well figure out the whole financial thing you know whereas most of us are like yeah i'm not exactly sure i feel like in high school you know when they're like talking about applying to college and blah 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 there should also be this option where they're like listen do you guys like money and you're like yeah like all right so come to this we're gonna do this class on like how to spend it you know, Sorry, how to this is it. you in college talking. This is in, like when, when kids are in high school, right? I feel like there should be this option where they get taught about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, the only thing I really ever remember learning was like, put $25 away a week in a bank account. And when you're 900, you'll have this much money left. And I was like, well, that sounds good. But I'd also like to use that $25 towards something. Right. So it's just, you know, I feel like you know, once you leave school, if you're not seeking out the information on how to learn anything about your finances, it's not exactly going to fall into your lap. You're right. It doesn't fall into your lap. And even if it falls in your lap, you have to have the skills to like learn how to keep it. Right. Right. And then, you know, I really like how she talks about our start in life and how that impacts our relationship to money and what we think about it and how we feel about it. I remember this time when we first moved to Vancouver. So I was talking a little bit, obviously you heard about how when we first started dating, I was younger, didn't have my career established or anything. And like, obviously my finances kind of showed that. Um, And I remember going into- You can't even say the word finance when you have- Zero dollars? When you have have nothing. (laughs) When there's like some Ikea meatballs in the freezer. Oh, it wasn't even Ikea. It was like- whatever it was generic brand and you're scraping change out of the no you're not calling it finance you're calling it like not starving to death right so when that was happening yeah um i remember going into or maybe it was toronto probably toronto stepping into a banana republic and like not feeling like i deserve to be there or something which in hindsight is just ridiculous what the hell that was a thing. That is a thing you know where that comes from it's like from movies or something no it comes from what she talks about how like your what is your start and your start in life in its relationship to money right. do you have enough is it a scarcity situation do you live in a type of life where money just kind of shows up and you're not really ever without mm-hmm. you know that impacts how we feel about stuff well and it's amazing how connected our feelings are and our worth is associated to 
you know, the the financial means we have access to, our jobs. You know, we're I feel that we're always on the hunt for more. It would be it would be well, kind of That's the whole society has made uh, us to feel like that. You know, look at we're watching, I mean, if you spend any time on TikTok like I do. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, there's uh, Kendall Jenner walking down the street with uh, wearing more than most people make in a year mm -hmm. for clothes and jewelry. And she seems like she's going somewhere, you know, with purpose. We don't know where that is. Mm -hmm. But I come to think of it as like, you know, that little bit where they get out of the car, they walk into the hotel or whatever. That was their whole day. That was like, wow, that's it. So don't go feeling like you're, you know, you're not going to be able to experience this life because I think that is their life. Right. Photo ops and, and, uh, and that type of thing. So, I, I mean, what I'm getting at here is it's just like, don't worry what other people are doing. You know, you can survive on less or more, or however you want to shape your life, but it's your life. You have to shape it. Exactly. That is such a lesson to learn, especially right now when we have so much access to people's lives. Like you can pull the curtain back on so many people's lives and see their day to day, mm. see the type of, you know, utensils they use in their dishware and, and it can create, and I know that I've experienced this, it can create this feeling of like, you're, because I have less, I'm not enough or something like that, when really it's just me choosing to put my earnings in a different pile and in a, and use them in a different way. Um, and it can be really hard because you can kind of feel like, I mean, I spoke about in the episode, you feel like you're already late to the party when you're trying to figure out what to do with your money and how to save it and how you want to spend it. Because yeah, everybody's pretty well late to the party. <laughs> and now they're like really late to the party because... Mm. You know, during these times, people are just, we've gone from this um, time of prosperity to this time of like, you know, a little bit more poverty uh, in the middle and upper middle class. And, you know, what are you going to do about it? You can't do anything about it. You just keep on trucking and, and make the decisions. But anyway, it's good to have her, Martha's perspective because, you know, people that have dedicated their lives to, you know, educating people about money it's not something that everybody wants to get involved in right because we were brought up like i don't know about you but i worked at a grocery store growing up and you get the paycheck it was a unionized job you get the paycheck i was like 16 years old like yes and you're just waiting to spend it you're like gonna get that booze well no maybe i wasn't 16 if i'm saying that <laughs> you probably were gonna get you know, gonna go party and, you know, whatever. And it's gone. Mm. But that is the thing is just like you're taking the time, your time of your life, and you're giving it to like a grocery store or a convenience store or, you know, whatever kind of job you had when you were young. And you realize like, it's training you. It's like, hey, guess what? You're giving your time up for money. And you somehow want to buy it back you know, drinking and doing crazy buying stuff, but it doesn't come back. It's just time, time to, you know, money you can make more of time. You can't get any of. So that's the thing is like learn early and just go, okay, I'm going to, I make $10 a week. I'm going to put $1 in 
my savings account or my, uh, you know, uh, tax free savings account or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and you can kind of break yourself out of that habit of just like, you know, hand to mouth, because that's no way to live. And, you know, checking out that kind of like, self awareness of why I'm, I'm a big fan of the why. Like, if I really want to buy a car, just as an example, I'm trying to think of myself as a young person here. (laughs) If I really wanted to buy a car, why do I keep spending 99% of my paycheck and not putting any of it away? Or, you know, like understanding why certain habits or certain traits that you have. First of all, you shouldn't be buying a car. (laughs) Bad bad example. Yeah, Martha, are you still there? Can you you come back for a second? We didn't quite catch all the lessons that you were... By the way, Martha's like... Is she on like, she looks like Cleopatra. Is that the same? That's the cover of the book that you've seen floating Martha, around. Martha, you're a foxosaurus, man. <laughs> Woman. She is, and she's smart as a whip. Damn. Is that what you're double, smart as? I don't know if that's the right whammy. sentence. I said a few things. You said a few uh, sayings wrong this evening. <laughs> I don't even think you're like, yeah, anyway. Go. <laughs> yeah, money can burn a hole in your hand. What's <laughs> yours? You. Listen, it gets late. I get. Uh, He's like, it's yeah. pocket. Burn a hole. A in your bird pocket. in the hand is worth like nine hundred in a cave. <laughs> oh god! Uh, yeah. You got all the sayings here. So here's what I took away, and this actually was really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the book, and at first I was like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to get through a financial book because I've, tr- I've started many, and I did because it was totally up my alley. It really was getting down to why do I do the things that I do." And how can I have a little bit more empathy for why other people in my life, let's say, for example, you, who you and I are connected financially as well, um, why is it that maybe you do things differently than me and having a bit more awareness about it? Mm -hmm. And also the confidence to be like, hey, I am 36 years old. I've got some plans down the line and I can start making some changes and doing some things right now that are going to positively impact me later. And just because I don't know everything doesn't mean I'm not worthy to be involved in the conversation. Jesus, that is heavy. But it's true. A lot of people feel like they don't know enough. So I'm scared. I don't want to have that conversation to look dumb. It is. It's confidence, isn't it? So it's really having that, building that confidence toolkit for financial awareness and understanding. And like, I'm here for it. Ready for book two, Martha. Yeah. Martha, put some more books out. (laughs) Like, what are you doing right now anyway? (laughs) Get on it, lady. No pressure. Oh, she's so lovely. And also a little bit of a side comment is that mm-hmm. Martha is so... A side comment? It's like a comment on a comment? On a comment. Listen. Okay, hold on. Go ahead. Matt is getting tired. Um, is enigmatic the right word? Like she's so engaging to watch that I had to remind myself I was interviewing her because she's just so well-spoken, articulate. Girl crush. Easy on the eyes. Oh my smart. God. Smart. I could keep going. on this interview right keep now. keep going. Martha, we'll have so to grab coffee. So if you catch that, my wife is in love with a financial <laughs> advisor. And I'll be pulling the pin on this podcast. Let's be honest. I'm a Taurus. I'm all about those cozy, secure, stable financial mm, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyways. Good choice over note, here. On that note. <laughs> oh, man. Don't worry. Well, you're working. You're doing your. You're doing what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is the PG-13 
gosh. Well, Dean, Radar. thanks for being here as always. You know, I like being here. I like uh, seeing who you're talking to and making like, you know, evaluations that I'm not really qualified to make on people that I'm really not as good as. So, hey, thank you for coming, Martha. <laughs> Now I feel insignificant. Now I'm going to go write a book. How's that, Martha? I'm going to write a book on, I don't know, something. (laughs) On being an expert. No, but quite honestly, I like when those books are around. Like I've read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. They're they're all right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it makes you feel like you kind of always evaluating yourself. You're like, am I the poor dad? Am I the rich? I don't know what I am. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it feels good, good to take your power back. Is really what it felt like, and it I was don't inspiring. Know. It's just good to hear p- people give great information yeah. and and put it in a form that you can digest and you can understand. Because I think all of us are in the same boat, and we kind of like with finances. Sometimes they get a little bit of out of control, and you're like, "Oh, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore." But right. that was good. We're all connected to money, right? So it impacts everyone, no matter yep. the amount you have. That's true. You are worthy of the conversation. Very. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week with a brand new episode. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird. Bird.